DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Samson Nakua is scheduled to make his weekly appearance with us here in just a few minutes on The Zone. And then we'll get Nick Ford later this morning, Utah Center. He's going to join us at 8.30. Had a little change to his schedule. Normally he's here at 7.30. PK, the rivalry game is in the books, and the Cougars have broken the streak. You always say it's if you can beat somebody seven times in ten years in a conference, that's great. The Utes have won nine out of ten. I suspect it doesn't feel great right now. No. It does for the Cougars, baby. They broke it. Baby. I, I think it's a sign of BYU's maturity in, the, in its program. When you look at its program, it's to a level now where expected to be competitive in virtually every game. Coach Sataki's in his sixth year. He's got the players that he recruited way back when. And the coaching staff is matured together. Jaron Hall's in his fourth year in the program. These are things that lead to success. If you don't have success at this point, then you will not have a job at this point because you are expected to be competitive and to win your fair share of games at this point. And BYU dominated that game. There's no question about it. They absolutely did. Kyle Whittingham, as he normally does, spoke very appropriately after the game, saying, I would have bet my house that we would have controlled the line of scrimmage, and we did not. Not on either side of the ball. Both sides of the ball got beat. And he's got multiple houses, I can tell you that. He <laughs> lost them all. And they're not worth much, apparently. They are. <laughs> I thought so, too. Well, I've been to one. I haven't been to the other. Um, <laughs> I couldn't believe it when he said that. So... I think he was making a point. He's very good at uh, explaining what the reasons were, win or lose. And he doesn't usually pull any punches. And I don't think he did there either in his post-game Zoom session, which I listened to and then flicked over to the Cougars when uh, the Utes were all done. And so I thought he outlined it perfectly. And this is a sign for me, as I see it, of BYU's maturity as a program. You've got a sixth-year coach. Obviously, he's going to be better than he was in his first year. It's the way it is in virtually every business. And the coaching staff being together and the players knowing. You know, Jaron Hall hasn't played a whole lot, but he's been around Aaron Roderick four years, going on four years. So there comes a time when you have to get out there on the, on the field. And I could tell you, speaking with coaches after, later, beyond Zoom, they're very, very confident. They like their chances to the point where they were thinking, yeah, we are absolutely going to win. It wasn't quite that level, but it was close. And they showed it. They showed it. They absolutely did. You have to credit them. They played very, very well. No turnovers again. By Hall, nobody else. I don't think anybody else coughed it up that I can recall. No, they, so that's two games in a row now that they've protected the ball, and that goes a long way towards helping. Defense got in the faces of uh, the Utes guys. Uh, what's his face? Charlie B didn't have much time. I thought he was very average, which is I had a wait-and-see approach on him anyway. I was not guaranteeing. I don't care if he threw for 5 trillion yards in some crappy Big 12 defensive conference. And I don't care what he did in the spring game, and I don't care what he did against Weber. He didn't do a whole lot in this time. He's, and it's not like the season is over by any stretch. You got plenty. The way well, I look at their schedule, they got maybe one game that I'm thinking is a sure loss. That's it. The Oregon game. Right now. Yeah. As right now. USC looked awfully mediocre themselves. I mean, they can lose three or four games. But right now, 
looking like one game would be very difficult to win. That's it. Except the way they played, every game would also... You, you can get beat. I mean, if you get beat on the offensive line, the defensive line, you lose the turnover battle, and you lose the third down battle decisively. I mean, two of nine is awful offensively. 11 of 19 is awful defensively. You can lose a lot of games playing like that. Uh, yeah, but they don't play a lot of good competition. Yeah. Uh, at worst, they're going to go 8-4. and four. Well, that's why Kyle said in his last press conference, you really have to wait four or five games to know did somebody win because they're really good, or did somebody lose because they're really bad? And takes a few more games to figure that out. Samson Nakua joins us now, BYU wide receiver. Samson, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Well, not as good as you as you join us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. I guess the question for you, as the only guy who has a winning streak in the rivalry game walking off the field after that one, is it sweeter when you're wearing blue or is it sweeter when you're wearing red? I think it's sweeter uh, sweeter winning, man. Uh being undefeated, I don't think there's any feeling like it. Uh, it's honestly nice to probably be the only one around town saying that I can be undefeated in this uh, rivalry. And, uh, man, it just feels good to be a winner. <laughs> it, it seemed like the Cougars had a lot of confidence in that game, and a lot of people were talking about the swag that the Nakua brothers brought. Why do you think your team had confidence going into that game? Um, I think it starts from... Monday practice or from even right after the game after Arizona um, the confidence of coach of him having in um, the team and just believing in us and having fun and uh, just letting us play our game and uh, play with no tensity no anxiety no stress and just letting us play ball and uh, coach just does a great job of uh, letting us play our game and um, everyone just came out to ball. Okay, you can say there was no uh, n- none of that stress or tension or whatever and all that stuff, but man, that when you your celebration when you it looked like there was a ton of stress when you got that touchdown and you let it all out. <laughs> yeah, there was there, man, there was a lot built up from uh, over the years and stuff, and uh, I don't know just to score against you know your old team like that and uh, in a game like that in a situation like that, man. There's no really other feeling. It, it beats a feeling even walking out uh, in the stadium that in the beginning of that game. Um, just, it was unreal, and I had to let it out. You, you see me rip my helmet off. I seen, uh, I seen the video of Puka sprinting over there, socking me in my chest three times. <laughs> I got a bruise sternum now from that kid, but man, it, it felt good to let it all out. <laughs> Afterward, Coach Whittingham said that he would have bet his house that Utah would have controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides, but it wasn't. That was obviously, it was BYU. I don't want to ask you if you're surprised by it, because you're probably going to say no, but how impressed by it were you? Um, I'm impressed by the whole team, honestly, um, with, especially with the O-line and D-line. Um, they just listened to Kalani and believed in our system and believed in our schemes that it would work and. uh when it wasn't working, we just stuck with our fundamentals and believed that it will work, and we stuck with it. And uh, it, it was just a beautiful thing to see our, our, our run game and um, our D-line stop their run game. And it, it was just a beautiful thing to see the work, uh, work up at the you know the line of scrimmage. Samson Nakua joining us, BYU wide receiver. I'm curious since you've been in both programs, is there a wide receiver's 
coach differently, talk to differently. We realize Utah's had a coaching change at the wide receiver position because the Utah wide receivers continue, and this happened when you were there, continue to not make simple plays, catch the ball, drops, bite them. A guy steps out of bounds when the sideline is right there and doesn't move all night long and gets flagged for it. I mean, is it a confidence issue? Can you put your finger on it? Have you seen something different being, being on both teams now? I think it starts within yourself. Um, once you have that little bit of doubt, um, then it starts, that doubt just starts rolling with everything. Um, then you start second questioning whether you know the play or not, whether you know your route or where you have to block. Um, um, it always just starts within uh, self-confidence. And uh, once you start losing that in yourself, then, I mean, you step onto that game, you're overthinking everything, you're scared, you're playing scared, playing, playing slow. And, um, Sometimes I think that's a big thing, and honestly, that night it looked like a little bit of that. But I'm not sure. I know being in that receiver core, those all those guys are playmakers. I know they're big time playmakers, and it just seems Saturday night was not their night. The schedule goes on, and it was a big emotional win. Fans stormed the field. We all saw all that stuff. How do you put that behind you now? Because you got a whole bunch of games. You got another Pac-12 team coming up this week. Uh, I think it's an easy win to put behind us. Um, I think that game is just another game to us um, for what we have planned for this year. Um, we have to focus on this next game. Um, we want to do big things this year. We want to show everyone that, you know, last year wasn't a fluke, that we can do the same thing. And uh, it, it starts with this game again. Uh, we, we knocked out two Pac-12 teams already. Let's not knock out one more Pac-12 team and then move into regular season and show everyone what we can do. Samson Nakua joining us, BYU wide receiver. Uh, is there a lot of stuff in the passing game we haven't seen yet? The passing game numbers weren't huge. On the other hand, you led the whole game, so you didn't have to throw the ball. And I mean, to turn an old quote, I guess it's, you know, win by nine, not by 16. So you didn't have to do all of that. Is there a lot we haven't seen yet? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot we haven't seen. I mean, like you said, we didn't need to throw the ball too much. We didn't have to open up our playbook like that. Um, our run game was killing it. Our pass game is doing good. Uh, there's still a lot more for us to clean up and uh, learn a little more details and get um, some things uh, cleaned up uh, for offense. But they're nowhere close how we open up our offensive playbook. And uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing as we keep uh, getting the team uh, flowing and uh, getting things rolling. You find it a little funny. You played all those years at Utah. You go to BYU. And the first three games at BYU, you're playing the same teams that you played when you're at Utah. <laughs> it's honestly so nice. It feels like another day at practice. It feels like I've been doing this all every day of my life. So, like, being able to step out against Utah, especially, it felt like a day at practice. I've been playing against those guys five years of my life, four years of my life. I was like, bro, this is another day of practice. Like, ain't no one I told everyone when we were walking out there, I was like, hey, man, if you're scared, go to church. <laughs> Take your butt to church right now because this is a day of practice for us, man. This is just for, for us to go out and have fun and play some ball. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so what can you tell your teammates about Arizona State just because you've, you've seen them every year? What do you know about them that's basic that never changes? I know it's going to be a dogfight. Um playing up uh, over up by Utah, I know playing against Arizona State was always a defensive war. Um, both teams are, I think, the most physical in the Pac-12 by far, and uh, Arizona State's offense is looking uh, nice. Defensively, defensively, they're looking nice, and um, I think it's the same mentality as last week. Come out prepared to win. Uh, come out hard, but uh, 
play relaxed, play calm, play poised, you know, play our game of football. Don't don't step out into attention into them, you know. They might adversity might come, but you know, just stick with our scheme and keep it flowing and uh all things will work out. What would three and zero against the South mean to you guys? Um I don't know if it means anything, but I think it you know, it just keeps proving it to ourselves that we're the that we can compete with anyone that we deserve to be in the Big 12. We could be in the Pac-12 and still ball with anyone. That you can put um, BYU anywhere and we'll still ball. Um, and it's just going to show everyone that, you know, we're, we're a team to be reckoned with and uh, that we're here to play some ball. You know, after a win, the questions are all positive and upbeat, but even in, in victory, things don't go perfectly. And I'm wondering, after that touchdown and you got the, the penalty for – Taking off your helmet, a rule you know, you're a veteran guy, so you knew, oh, oh, this is coming now. When it's 23-17, are you looking at the scoreboard thinking, oh, man, I'm set up to be the GOAT here. we got to seal this deal. we got to go down the field on this drive. Yeah, man, right after I did that, Fessy, Coach Fessy even talked to me, and um, I knew it, too, after I stepped off onto the sideline, after I got my emotions uh, under control that, you know, I'm a vet, you know, I've been there before. I scored many touchdowns in bigger stadiums before um, in front of bigger crowds, like, and those little things and stupid things that I can can control could hurt us. And, you know, the game's not over until the last whistle's blown and, uh, uh, blown. and towards the end of the game, when it started getting a bit closer, I kept thinking back to myself, like, damn, that penalty could really cost us right now. You know, that's just a little simple mistake that, you know, could come back to bite us in the butt. But thankfully, our defense held it down and did their thing, and then offense came down to seal the deal and, you know, just run the clock out. You already so mentioned be a lot better. <laughs> you already mentioned the Big 12, and obviously that, that thing came down the day before the game, that announcement. Uh, how much talk was it among the players? I mean, you won't be there when they get there, but still, the, some guys will. The younger guys will, obviously. How much discussion was there? Honestly, I don't... Um, there wasn't a lot, you know, especially with it being Utah week. Everyone was so locked in and to practices and uh, to film studying and to just picking up on those little details for the game that no one really even knew until, what was it, Friday night when Kalani told us or was it Saturday morning? Kalani, or yeah, I think it was Friday actually after practice, um, our walkthrough, Kalani came in and told us that we got accepted in the Big 12 and everyone's like, oh crap, like what the heck? Like literally like, I don't know. Everyone's just been so focused into that last game that no one really uh, paid attention to us making it into the Big 12. Samson Nakua joining us. BYU wide receiver, 2-0. Does it feel like anything's possible now? Anything. Yeah, and everyone just got to watch and see what we're about to do this year. It's going to be beautiful. Samson, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on. We will talk to you again next week. Good luck. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Samson Nakua, BYU wide receiver, BYU 2-0 now. That was one of the three games we thought they'd be underdogs in. They got the win. Slight underdog against your Devils coming up next week, PK. Dream big. They'll win the next game. Well, yeah. I mean, there's no reason to think they can't win this game. It's not a world beater over there. I mean, it was 14-10 against Vegas at half, if I remember correctly. I didn't get an opportunity to watch it that much because I was paying attention to uh, obviously, at the stadium, the game in front of me was the uh, BYU-Utah. No, nothing takes uh, precedent over that, that's for sure. But this is a team that they haven't been tested, really. 
so and they've they've got their issues. I don't know how much that uh, that the, the swirling of the assistance and the recruiting has sort of calmed down a little bit. Uh, in the moment, it'll it'll pick back up. I'm sure down the line. But for now, you're thinking, hey, this team's coming in here. This team isn't any better than Utah is. I don't think they are. Maybe they will be on a given night. You never know how it shakes out. And But there's no reason to fear these guys by any stretch. So I would think that BYU is in all sorts of confidence going into this game. And have an opportunity to move to 3-0, and go to 3-0 and in the South. That, that That's sort of weird in a sense. It's fun. It's how we judge them down the line. Obviously, they'll be judged by Big 12 teams. But for this year and, and next year, not so much. And you're playing these five teams. I'm going to write about this this week. Uh, Yogi Roth said back in March that the Pac-12 can't afford to go two and three against the Cougars. Well, now they got to go uh, three and zero oh, because they're already zero oh and two. Nobody would take that bet right now, though. Well, they got Washington State out there, right? Uh, SC. Who knows what you're going to get with them? Well, that, that's so far away. Uh, the Devils are right here at hand. They have a better idea of that, but. Yeah, I, I just really believe that this is a sign of maturity of the program, that this is where they're supposed to be in your sixth season, and you have continuity on the coaching staff. A guy like Gennaro Guilford, you know, he's been coaching there for a good while. The defensive backfield has gotten way better since he's been there. He knows what he's doing. Not that he didn't know what he was doing back then, but certainly yeah, but he's a better said, coach but now. what you said earlier, if you're in a job six years— regardless of who you are and what your job is, you ought to be better after year six than you were in year one or two. Yeah. Bronco said it because Bronco is just blunt. You know, I didn't know what I was doing then. Right. He was blunt. That's Prob- why I enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, probably not completely true, but you get the point. Well, compared he's, to where he was. Yeah. He's way better now than he was then. Yeah. And so, to me, it's a reflection of the maturity of the program. They've grown up together. First-time head coach. And... He's going to need time, and he's got time. Now we're over it, and time has come. This is the time. And you see it. Everybody around him, you know, when they when they got there, uh, they, they had issues in the program. Guys were handing out scholarships that weren't supposed to be handing out scholarships, and they were handing them out like candy at Halloween. And now they've got guys in there to clean it up and, and to know what they're about. And things, things are so – and this is what they've told me. This is what I have been told by multiple people within at high levels of the program and they know what they're doing now they've got things they still had a little bit of scholarship crunch but they have everything organized you know it's uh, like the car you know and i'm not a car guy i don't understand how cars work but <laughs> i do know when they don't work because growing up and not having a lot of money we had a lot of cars that didn't work <laughs> and, uh, uh, sometimes i would take my father's uh, he works swing shift uh, for a while, I would take his car to school, and I'd get at Greenway and 19th, and I would turn right, but I would turn off to the side because I knew it would stall, because it always stalled. Yeah. <laughs> Going around that corner? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a stoplight, and and now it's all paved, but back then it was just dirt, and I would always just turn off because it would stall. And I'd have to start it up, see if it would get going again. So I know a lot about junk cars. I don't know how they work, but in the beginning, you know, it was a little bit of a junk car. Now it... Now they they're humming. They're they're doing what they're supposed to do. I'm not talking, you know, 11-1, 12-0 by any stretch, but I'm talking about being competitive. And they were even if they hadn't won that game, 
Obviously, they would have been competitive. They did win it, so it's even better. And they controlled it. And when they had to have it, they got it. And they needed that field goal to push it up to a two-possession game to overcome the the Nakua's taking or Samson taking off his helmet, missing. He still should have made the extra point, but they didn't. And so you pushed it to a two-score game, and there was a huge, you could just feel it, there was a huge sigh of relief. Well, now Utah's going to have to score twice. And obviously they didn't score at all. Uh, on that. And I also thought Kalani, one of the things they said caught my eye. I thought that fourth and 10 when Jaron Hall went around the uh, left side and got the first down. Huge play. He said, I don't like 30 yard punts. Right. That's were, awesome. And they were in that kind of no man's well, land. He literally yeah. said that. Yeah. We were in no man's land. But so many times you're in no man's land and you see them punt. They punt anyway. I think yeah. again, the Jets yesterday, what's his face? Uh, rule for Carolina punted from the 32? The 30 freaking two. You punted. In the You're going to get 12 yards. In the NFL, <laughs> you think a kicker can make that 50-yard field goal. Well, they usually do that. I don't care if he did or but didn't, but go out. for it. Yeah. Send the message to your guys. We're here to win. We're going to be aggressive. Not mm-hmm. we're going to just play passive against the Jets and their crappy team. You still and you gotta, punt from the 32? But you still got to do it. Kyle sent that message to his team. We're going to be aggressive and go for it. And they got stuffed. And BYU went the other way against well, the Well, BYU, Utah never makes swing. it on short and fourth and short, it seems like. No, that's been a problem. It I, has been a problem for It was a problem in Weber State. Yeah. In the uh, south end zone. They didn't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get what's going on there, but they got, they got to clean that up there. But to go for it on fourth and ten, I was surprised. And then Hall doing what he does best, man. I don't know if he's a good passer. Or a big-time passer. He's a good passer, but I don't know if he's a big-time passer. I don't know if he's going to have a 300-yard game, 350-yard game through the air. Haven't seen it yet. But what I do know is he's an incredible athlete, and we all know that. And so look at him go. And he got the first down. That was huge, just gigantic. And this program is at the level now where this is what they should be expecting to do. And next time around, if you beat these guys, ho-hum. You knew that everyone's going to storm the field. It was obvious. And I don't blame them. You hadn't won since 2009. That's a long freaking time to lose to your rival nine in a row, and nobody wanted 10 to set the record and then have to wait two years. Yeah. And Kalani, Kalani set the tone early with that beautiful reception along the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, man. I had multiple people bring that up to me yesterday. That was sweet to see him go down the sideline a little bit and make that catch. The only thing is I would have liked to seen a spike in some type of dance. He saved the dance for later. No, save it. You scored. They weren't going to catch you. You had the angle, man. You could have gone all the way, taking it to the house. Can we just never hear anyone else say, the rivalry doesn't matter, we shouldn't play the game, uh, it's up to other Kalani's line. It's up to other people to define what the rivalry meant. You know, you know what it meant to him. And if you didn't know what it meant to him, he reminded you of that post game dance. Well, that's the, it's a but, big deal. I don't care what you say. Show me. If your actions don't back it up, then it's inconsistent. We all know it's a it's a lie, or it's a convenient way to explain things because you don't want to hit the truth. So many people are scared of seeing the truth. We see it all the time. With all the stuff that's out there, we we want we want to discuss our portion of the truth, but we don't want to go A to Z. We want to make the point, and we get to about H, and that's our point. And then from what what follows after H, whatever that next letter is to that Z, would be I. Okay, well, 
I to Z is somebody else their fault. No on alphabet. Well, if I just did it, I go A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, J, K. I can't recite them right off the top of my head. No. Got to get some momentum going. Yeah. All right, coming up, we got your reaction to the rivalry. A lot of you are weighing on your takes, the key parts of the game. We will get to that. We've got uh, what is trending coming up at 8 o'clock on Monday mornings, and we'll get through the day in college football. There's a lot of interesting stuff that happened. But we'll stick with the Utes and the Cougars next. Your take, 855-340-ZONE. Grab your phone, use the app, use uh, the open mic feature, and Yaka will get you on the air. And Nick Ford is going to join us at 8.30. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach at 9.30. Stay with us.